Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up your pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and HMS Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. sweet accord, join in a song with sweet accord, and thus around the throne, and thus around the throne, we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion, we're marching upward to Zion, that beautiful city of God. Then let our songs abound and every tear be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground to fairer worlds on high, to fairer worlds on high. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. Marching upward to Zion, that beautiful city of God. Miss Del Delker steps to the microphone now to tell us in song some of the reasons why she knows of God's love and care. The title of the song is simply Because. Let to the cross on Calvary 
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the privilege of serving Thee today, and we pray that Thou wilt bless the broadcast to every listener. Remember especially those who are ill and need encouragement and help. O Lord, we pray for the peace of the world. In Christ's name. From the heart of God, hold us who bow before Thee, near to the heart of God.
Now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, the eye of God. Every person has a place in God's divine purpose. Created by God in his image, the object of his redeeming love in Christ, man must be free to respond to God's calling. God is not indifferent to misery or deaf to human prayer and aspiration. By accepting his gospel, men will find forgiveness for all their sins. They will receive power to transform their relations with their fellow men. These words proclaimed by the Amsterdam Assembly of Christian Faith are true. As Phillips Brooks put it, we are God-haunted all our lives until we give ourselves to God. The point of these statements is that God is interested in us. He is interested in every person. When Edmund Booth, the great actor, gave advice to a group of young people who were seeking to succeed in the acting profession, he said, The king sits in every audience. Play to the king. And we must remember that the king of kings stands in the midst of all the common things of life. We are to play to the king. We are to act as in the sight, as Milton put it, of the great taskmaster's eye. A young woman running away from what seemed to her intolerable trouble was sent back by the angel of the Lord to face life's problems. When she realized that God was interested in her, concerned about her, she was able to endure everything successfully. Then, with a sense of wonder, she exclaimed, Thou, God, seest me. Genesis sixteen thirteen. There he is. God sees us. He looks upon me. He knows what I'm doing. It was David who said, The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. Psalm thirty three thirteen. Not only are the eyes of God upon all men, they are everywhere. For it is written in Proverbs 15:3, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You see, radio friend, you do not need to be a Christian for God to see you. You do not need to live a righteous life for God to look upon you. God sees the evil and the good. 
And God's eyes are not merely upon humanity in general, but his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings. Job 34:21. Knowing that God is interested in every human being, that he has a place in his great plan for every person, and that, as Jesus said, he has given to every man his work, that's in Mark 13, 34, it follows, and we all must admit, that if we are not in our place and doing our work according to God's plan, we cannot be in harmony with God's universe. We cannot be fulfilling his will and his plan for us as we should be doing. In case we are not in harmony with God and not fulfilling his will for us, it becomes a serious thing to realize that God's eye is upon us, that he sees us. Two boys once decided to rob an apple tree that belonged to a farmer who lived not far away from their home. The apple tree was near the top of a high hill, far away from any house. While the boys were up in the tree filling their pockets with the forbidden fruit, an amateur astronomer who lived in the little village nearby was aimlessly sweeping the sky with his telescope looking at the sunset and the surrounding hills. Suddenly he was surprised to see movement in the apple tree to which he had pointed his telescope. There he distinctly saw these two little boys stealing apples. They had no idea that anyone was watching them, but the human eye was focused upon them. They didn't dream that their boys' depredations were being spied upon. There are many today who go on the ways of evil, never dreaming that the eye of God is upon them. A man or a woman, a boy or a girl may go on in evil deeds, yes. As the Holy Scripture says, the eye of God is upon them. Thieves one day broke into a London mansion. In the room where they committed their worst depredations, the face of a beautiful statue of Christ had been turned toward the wall before they began their work. These hardened men felt uneasy in the presence of even a marble Christ. I say to anyone listening just now, who may be planning to commit some evil act. Would you do it if you could feel the eye of God upon you? If Jesus stood looking at you, would you do that thing? Of course not. Well, friend, his eye is upon you. Jesus said that the Heavenly Father sees in secret, Matthew 6, 4. The day and the night are both alike to him, Psalm 139, 12. God knows all about us. Not only about our deeds, but about our thoughts. Thou understandest my thought afar off, says the psalmist, and art acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Psalm 139, 2-4. He says that such knowledge is too wonderful for him. He cannot understand it. That's verse 6. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? The answer, of course, is no place. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. It's up to verse 10. This is a fearful thought to the sinner, a blessed thought to every true believer. Here is a promise that has meant much to me through life, especially when things were dark and contradictory. Listen to these wonderful words of Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Isn't that a precious promise? God not only sees us, he guides us with his eye. 
One wintry night in 1932, as Fritz Chrysler was stepping into his car after a concert in the city of Dublin, he heard a violin being played. Looking around, he saw an Irish girl, Lillian Mack, playing for pennies in front of an auditorium he had just left. Chrysler stood listening for several minutes. Then he asked the girl to call on him at his hotel. As a result of their interview, she was given a contract, which meant a good deal to her. Just as Chrysler found an artist in an unlikely and strange place, so God finds his messengers where men would never suspect them. Yes, his eye is upon us. Joseph was among the slaves in prison. Moses was in the river. David is out herding sheep. Amos tending sycamore trees. But God found them all. Martin Luther came from a miner's cabin. John Bunyan from a tinker's forge. No matter where you may be, God's eye is upon you. God is watching. And in his time, and the best time, he will lead us in the right way. When we speak of the eye of God, we really speak of the care of God for his people. His knowledge and oversight of them is continuous and complete. Knows their thoughts, their plans, doings, attitudes, sufferings, tears, joys, gladness. To one who made the mistake of turning from God's help to the help of man, the prophet spoke these words. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Second Chronicles 16.9 Remember God sees worldwide. He sees heart deep. Realizing that God knows all about us, it should encourage us to pray. The Apostle Peter reminds us of this in 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. What a comfort to know that God sees and guides. It's our privilege. Dr. Jasper C. Massey, describing his first trip on a transatlantic liner, says it stirred his faith for half a century. He stood with the engineer of the old Celtic, one of the leading ships in its day. They were together down in a small room where the engines were located, which drove the great ship across the rough seas. The engineer told Dr. Massey that he had no means of knowing what was going on above, for he was 15 feet below the surface of the sea. He couldn't see out over the turbulent ocean in any direction. He must absolutely trust himself and his engines and the ship to the guidance of the man on the bridge who, with chart and compass before him and with his binoculars in hand, had a view of the trackless waters and knew exactly the way through them, or at least could find it. The man above who could see gave the word of direction by signal to the man below who could not see, except with the eye of faith, and so in this way the ship with its precious cargo and all the people in it was guided safely across the Atlantic. And so, friends, it is in our voyage of life. And an important voyage it is, too, to us. Sometimes the seas ahead indeed are rough and often dark. And as far as we're concerned, absolutely trackless, but not so to God. We cannot see the future. We do not know what will happen tomorrow, but he knows. And he will guide us with his eye. He knows our ways and our doings and what his plan for us is. To me, life would be intolerable without such assurances. 
God's eyes are upon his people and upon his truth in the world. Sometimes we are tempted to be discouraged, for it seems that error and falsehood and doubt have the supremacy, or at least carelessness and foolishness and laziness. But while it's true that as we near the end of human affairs, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, Isaiah 60, verse 2, yet here's a promise for us always. It came through the ministry of a man who had known much of darkness and much of disappointment and much of opposition in his ministry for God. And we find his words here in Jeremiah, the fifth chapter and the third verse. They are a part of a prayer of this earnest servant of the Lord. Here they are. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Listen, my friend, do you believe that the eye of God is upon you for good? What a thrilling realization. The God who sees you and who guides you will lead you in his own way, step by step, if you will have it so. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Psalm seventy-three, twenty-four. God is revealed to all those who seek him through nature, through his voice in the heart, but above all in the plain words of the Holy Scripture. In all these ways may we each and every one be guided by the eye of God. There is a guide that never falters, and where he leads I cannot stray. For step by step he goes before me and marks my path. to glory thy every fear he will allay and bring thee safe at last to heaven let Jesus lead he cheering ray. Still I will trust the worn and weary. My Savior leads. He knows the way. He knows the way that leads to glory. Thy every to heaven. 
This is Orville Iverson with this thought. How much brighter is the upward look, which reaches to heaven and helps us to go forward in faith? And now, here with a final word for you is H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. Radio friends, the voice of prophecy depends upon the letters, upon the mail, which comes to Box 55 Los Angeles for its very existence. Don't forget to write to the voice of prophecy. Have faith in God. No terror shall appall. Have faith in God who hears us when we call. Have faith in God. His eye is over all. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this broadcast of ours has brought blessings and that you will listen in again for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy next week. And so we say, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.